0: You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a peace of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolated and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly Father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous you can be an intentional father living with purpose this is what you are meant for you will make an impact you are not alone welcome to dad in the trenches a resource for biblical truth challenge and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life
1: hello there welcome to dad in the trenches For those of you that are longtime listeners, welcome back. Glad that you're here. And for all of our new listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that uh, today's episode encourages, equips, or challenges you in some uh, form or fashion. Uh, But before we get into today's episode and today's guest, um, I just want to take a minute and touch on coronavirus. Um, Right now, I'm recording this. We're in the middle of March, and all the craziness is happening um, around the COVID-19. Um, you know, where I am here locally, uh, they just had a mandate that all restaurants uh, have to close for the next four weeks. You can only do takeout orders. You know, schools have been closed. Obviously, the financial markets have been going crazy. Um, just last week, actually, we had uh, two guys got into a fistfight in Target over the last package of toilet paper. So um, crazy, crazy times we're living in right now. And um, just had some thoughts that I wanted to share with you all before we jump in. You know, as as challenging as all this may be, and as crazy as it may be, seem, um, I want to pause and take a look at what God may be doing in the midst of this, specifically for us as dads in the trenches, for our families. What um, how are we to live? And I don't want to beat this horse to death uh, because I'm sure we're all actually tired of talk around coronavirus and that sort of thing. But um, one, I want to refer you back to episode one where I talk about five-star fatherhood. If you haven't listened to the first episode um, and you may have got some extra time on your hands now, uh, I'd encourage you to go back and have a listen, uh, especially at a time such as this. Um, but specifically for right now, I want to call to attention the first of the five stars for Five Star Fatherhood, which is vision. As a father, um, we have the responsibility of maintaining vision for our family, and part of this means that we set the course on what we say yes to and also what we say no to. What's interesting about um, all of the shutdowns and the mandates um, around the virus is that it's forcing us to strip away all the other stuff to just a few key things, namely more time with family and stillness, and no activities to run around to, no sporting events, less distractions, etc. Um, and during this time, dads, you as the leader of your home, should be keenly paying attention to this. Are you anxious? Is your family anxious? Do you all even know how to be together without distractions or events to run off to? What's the condition of your heart and the hearts of your flock, so to speak? Our kids crave time with us, and now being at home more, are they getting you? So my encouragement to you is to make the most of this time, because I believe, even amongst all this craziness, this is a gift. And that God may want to make some big shifts in our hearts and also in the lives of our family during this time. And the big question that I'm already thinking about is this. When things, quote, return to normal, is that actually a good thing? Or is it a bad thing? Because ultimately, this is a vision question that we have to answer. And by the force stripping away of all the stuff and the noise... Have we, have you, have I, have we actually gained something even more precious? Have we tapped into a way of life that's actually been covered up, but is now revealed? I'm praying for us dads during this time, and that his heart for us and our families will be drawn towards each other. Um, Malachi 4, 6 actually comes to mind in this. And and basically when you look at at, uh, Malachi, it's the last book in the Old Testament. And chapter 4, verse 6 is the last verse in the Old Testament. And basically some of the last prophetic words we have in the Old Testament before God was silent for hundreds of years before John the Baptist breaks in. Prepare the way of the Lord. So the last utterance of the Old Testament before God is silent might be pretty important. And so this is what he says, and he will return the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And so dads take this to heart. God really wants our hearts for our kids and for our kids to the fathers. He wants that. That's part of who He is and what He's done for us, but also what He's imprinted on us. So make the most of this time. I'm praying for us. Hope that encourages you. You've got this dad's press in, be present, lead with vision, be paying attention to these things. All right, we're going to jump over. Today's episode really is a salute to the military. Where I uh, ask our guests all sorts of questions around the military to kind of peel back the curtain for us, and um, I hope hope you enjoy, and more importantly, for any service members in your life or that you may encounter, I hope this gives you a little bit more understanding, clarity, and respect for what they do, and appreciation uh, that you might even go so far as to thank them. So, let's jump into today's episode. My guest today is Lance from Legacy Dads. Uh, Lance is returning as a guest, and uh, if you haven't already, uh, I highly recommend you go back and check out the previous episode we did with Lance. Um, but again, Lance, hey, thanks for the time. Thanks for joining us all here on Dad in the Trenches.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Aaron. It's uh, just it's always a pleasure to to join you here. And again, just you know, we're we're you know husbands, fathers, we're, we're guys, we're we're working. Uh, To advance God's kingdom. I think it's always a powerful thing. And so uh, it's my pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah. Amen. Thanks so much. And, um, you know, take take just a minute, uh, again, for those that maybe haven't listened or aren't familiar with your legacy dads, you know, just uh, catch us up a little bit uh, about where you are in life, um, you know, family dynamics and that sort of thing.
2: Yep. So I've been uh, I've been married 22 years now, um, and I've uh, been an empty nester now for uh, maybe about a year and a half. I think it's so it's kind of a new season for us. But I got uh, both kids are somewhat out of the house. Okay. Uh, I don't think they ever actually leave, but out of the house. Uh, so <laughs> kind of off the payroll, and then, anyways, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: I, I'm 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 getting them on their own here. Um, and then uh, I've been a member of the military, working in the Department of Defense for. Um, going on 20 years now and I'm getting ready to, uh, retire. And I, I call it retire, but, you know, kind of finish that up, but you retiring from that job.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and, um, then I'm really, I'm just excited about, you know, seeing where God leads me next. There's a lot of, um, a lot of ministry opportunities, a lot of other opportunities out there. So, um, we're looking forward to this next phase of life and i'm I'm still young I'm in my early 40s so it's okay you know I, I, I sound like an old man probably but I, <laughs> I'm actually, I got I got a lot of years left I hope
1: it's so. all the yelling you do in the military at others right <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um well this particular podcast you know last time we we got to talk a lot just through your story and coming to faith and um, you know learning your way through fatherhood and the kind of inception of legacy dads like Um, wanted to focus our time a little bit more um, on military. And, you know, there's listeners out there that are in the military that are tuning in, um, those who may have family members that have served um, or have children that are serving, you know. um, And then there's others of us that, you know, honestly have never served or no one in their family served. And it's, you know, maybe a little bit of a mystery. We're going to just spend a little time kind of Peeling back some some components of the military um, and, and just talking through that as um, walking us through your story, having been a father and a literal dad in the trenches. I mean, totally. Thank you for that and your service and your sacrifice, um, doing that for the last twenty years uh, for the freedoms that we get to enjoy. Really, just we just want to honor you with that um, and and talk. You know, get to talk through a few of those things. So. Um, I appreciate. It. you know, your, um, <laughs> your nickname with, uh, Legacy Dads is, uh, The Warrior. I'm curious, one, you know, how did you get the nickname or who gave you the nickname or is that self-proclaimed? That,
2: that was actually, I think, you know, Dante, uh, Dante pulled that out, um, <laughs> and I you know what it was is is I when Dante and I first uh met um I was going back and forth overseas to I mean we were we were kind of in the heart of the you know Iraq Afghanistan wars and uh-huh. stuff like that and so um I was back and forth all the time and you know like like you said to an outsider he just was like in awe of like wow you know you're you're going off and Uh, you're doing all, you know, it's like, it's kind of like this Hollywood version. You think of, you know, what's going, you know, what's going on 12, you know, 12 soldiers or 12 strong or, you know, uh, that type of stuff. Uh, so yeah, he, he kind of gave me that, that moniker, which, um, you know, I, I would, I would tell you, and I think, you know, any, any honest veteran would say that, uh, it's really, you know, it's nothing about me, um you know, I, I, there's a lot of guys and, and girls who sacrifice a lot more than I have. And, right. uh, I'm just, I'm just honored and proud to, to have served with some amazing men and
1: women over the years. So, yeah. Well, we really appreciate your service. And, and I have seen a couple of your, uh, Instagram videos of you, uh, shooting semi-automatic weapons. So, uh, I think you very much <laughs> have earned the warrior title <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, I know there's probably aspects of if you told us you'd have to kill all of us, um, you know, about what you're currently doing. But, you know, is there anything that you can share with us just about what you're currently working on in the military or, you know, um, you know, anything around that that you could share? And then also just kind of let's reflect back a little bit on um, being a dad, literally a dad in the trenches and family dynamics, family life. How did that work? And, um, you know, we can kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I probably spent, I, you know, the first, the first
2: half of my career, um, as you know, uh, I was, I was working in special operations and, uh, working around, you know, those, uh, the different elite organizations that, that are involved in our special operations community. Uh-huh. Um, like, like I said, and, and I, I'm, I'm very privileged to have worked with just, I mean, uh, a lot of men and women who are literally on the front lines, tip of the spear type of stuff. Yeah um, got, got to work with, um, just a lot of operation, you know, met, met amazing people and and stuff. You know, if I, if I even said it on here, people wouldn't believe me, but, um, <laughs> I was, I was very, very honored to, to be a part of that. And, um, then in the last 10 years, I've kind of shifted more into, uh, you know, leadership and management roles. And now I've kind of work, you know, a lot, a lot of times people think of the military, they think of the, you know, you're, you're in the uniform and you're marching and, uh, doing obstacle courses and, you know, uh, singing and running and type of, and, and believe me, that's a part of it. That's, that's kind of the early years, but, Uh um, uh, I've spent probably the last 10 years working more kind of at the Department of Defense level, um, you know, the, the higher echelons where you do a lot of uh, policy making and diplomacy for uh-huh. policy type of stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, so much, I mean, uh, the one thing I think is we've really gotten to a point where we're, um, the all the organizations in our government are working fairly well together. Um, and so that's kind of where I find myself is I, a lot of times working with um, you know, a lot of our other uh, government organizations or law enforcement or Department of Homeland Security, all those types of things. Um, so kind of more at that, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm not the guy on the ground as much anymore. I still get to go on the ground a little bit, but most of the time I'm in charge or leading people. Um, and uh, the younger guys get to do the fun stuff now.
1: So. <laughs> so, you know, kind of maybe peel back the curtain a little bit more, like what's a typical day look like for you? I mean, are you in full uniform? Are you um you know what you have lots of meetings or you guys you know you, you kind of conjure up this idea of being at hq and like you know these <laughs> m- massive monitors with guys at like these desks with all the computers and they're like you know strikes going on and in infrared and you know like what what is what's the reality look like for you in a day-to-day basis
2: Oh, Aaron, you're going to take all the mystery and excitement out of it now if I say that. Yeah, no. So I um, I it's funny. So I work with uh, I work with predominantly civilians now Um, and most of them are former, you know, former military guys. But now they've they've either gotten out and they're working or they've retired and moved into uh, civilian life. But so I I don't really wear my uniform as much anymore. I'm more of a, you know, a, a plainclothes guy. And, uh, a lot of what I, you know, I deal with is, uh, uh, planning and strategy. And then, uh, what I'm doing right now is I'm in, uh, I'm a director of, uh, international operations. So we're actually, um, I'm kind of taking the, some of the, the skills I've learned in, in my years and one passing it on to the next generation of okay. young men and women who are, who are coming into the, the military. And then we're also working with our foreign partners, um, you know, trying to build diplomacy and and democracy. And, and especially I work a lot in the, uh, the counterterrorism area of just, you know, a lot of these countries that have um, really, you know, tried to get some of the radical elements out of their countries. Um, I'm involved in working with them to, to ensure that they, you know, have whatever their form of democracy is Uh in their country. Um, And, and that's what we're trying to do is just that, that stability uh, for those, those nations that are kind of, new new to the the democracy if you will.
1: Yeah. So when you say building diplomacy, is that kind of like when you hear on the news like the quote-unquote back channels of, you know, been talking through these relationships that you're building with, you know, through diplomacy? Is that what that means?
2: You know, I think a lot yeah, I mean there's there's some of that and and you know, the uh there's a famous story about Ronald Reagan and uh uh the Soviet Union you know, President Gorbachev uh-huh. or Premier Gorbachev at the time. And they were, you know, they were in this meeting and it was they were they were talking about, you know, nuclear arms reduction and it was, you know, this back and forth of, you know, really trying to put on the diplomatic face. And, you know, uh, the story goes that Ronald Reagan just stopped the whole thing and he said, you know what? You know, let's just take a time out here. He said, Hey, hi, my name's Iran. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, and so he really tried to you know, go back to that. Let's, let's, let's put away our, our, you know, our, our political agendas here and just have a conversation and build a friendship. And, um, that's a lot of what, uh, of what I do. And then a lot of it too, is just sharing, um, the, you know, art, the technology, the lessons learned we've learned, uh, over the past 20 some years with some of these countries who are maybe, uh, you know, they don't, they don't have that there. They just don't have the background or the experience, um, that that the united states does and so it's kind of being that more of like a mentor um to their military and to their uh governments um that's kind of the
1: yeah the the role we play yeah that's cool uh do you speak any other languages i do i speak french and uh arabic so it's french and arabic. Um,
2: Wow. i would tell you my my yeah my my french is pretty good um <laughs> but uh my Arabic. I I haven't formally, uh, studied Arabic in a long time, uh, but I can, I can get back in an Arabic country and, um, uh, you know, after, after
1: I'll start picking up stuff and speaking Arabic after a few, a few weeks of being on the ground. So, yeah, that's cool. The, uh, getting back on the proverbial bicycle, so to speak. Um, yep, absolutely. So talk a little bit more about, you know, the last 20 years raising kids, being deployed, um, you know what? What are some things that uh, you could share with us? That you know, things you've learned, some of the struggles um, for for us civilians. You know, what do we not know? How how is how is fatherhood in that regard?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I think there's 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 pros and cons to you know this. You, you basically when you sign up um, to serve your country, you, you're giving up some of your freedoms and rights. Um, you know, that, that I think we normally have. And, um, you know, one of the things, especially in my career field, um, we were very reactionary. So if something happened in the world, there's a terrorist attack, there's uh, something going on. Uh, you could literally be gone at a moment's notice. And, um, it, it was that aspect of, you know, literally, uh, within 12 hours, I could be on a plane going somewhere and I couldn't tell my wife or my family, necessarily where I was going or when I was going to be back. Um, and, and that, I think that takes a toll on the family. Um, I, I really, I thank God that, uh, my wife and I have a strong marriage and we've always, um, you know, our marriage has been centered around Christ and, there was that level of trust there that, you know, even though I was gone off on my own or, you know, she wasn't able to, to reach out and talk to me or contact me. Um, you know, she always had that reassurance that, um, you know, that, you know, I think sometimes the wives, you know, their, their minds wander and they think, you know, um, you know, there's, there's 20 belly dancers dancing around me and, you know, that type of thing. And, and, and the reality is probably I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sleeping in a, airport hangar somewhere and, uh, (laughs) with no air conditioning on, but, but, you know, I think, um, that, that reassurance that, you know, no matter where I was, um, that, you know, God was going to provide and take care of us and, and that she could trust me and that, you know, I was going to come back home and, um, and, you know, we wouldn't have to deal with things like infidelity and, um, and those types of issues. Um, and I think, and I, I, I can't, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said that's, you know, that is you know fairly prevalent in 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 some of the uh you know in in what i do and and um i think when you when you don't center your marriage around christ and mm. and uh and kind of draw that line in the sand uh it can it can creep in and it can cause um suspicion and and trust issues and conflict and i i just thank god that uh, i mean god really blessed me with a great wife but we just we got to that point in our relationship where she could trust me no matter where yeah. uh, I ended up going. Yeah. Um, I think for, for the kids, it was probably a little bit uh, bigger. It was a harder struggle. Uh, the fact that, you know, dad's gone um, a lot. And there were times, you know, when the, when the, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan were really, um, you know, there, there was a, uh, uh, I guess a lot going on in those conflicts. And mm-hmm. you know, I'd be gone I could be gone for a year, um, and to miss a whole year of your kids' life is is a huge uh, sacrifice, and you yeah. really miss a lot. Um, a lot, a lot can happen in a year, and so there, um, there, there are portions of my kids' life that I, you know, there's there's years that really I wasn't there. Um, so I think it was I had to find ways to, you know, even though I was gone, to reach out and be able to connect with them. If I if I could have contact with them. You know, making sure and, and modern technology has been great with that, but yeah. uh, trying to stay connected to them and, and stay in their lives, um, you know that that's kind of uh, that's kind of the struggle. Um, I was going to say that. So the one thing too that the other thing is um, a difficulty is that the nature of your work you move around every couple of years, uh-huh. um, so that that that's difficult in a couple aspects. One, it's it's hard on the family because you know, your kids are constantly being uprooted from schools and friends and churches and, um, what is, you know, what is considered, uh, you know, kind of a, a security blanket for them. And then they're having to start all over again, yeah. um, in a new place, in a new location. And, and sometimes, I mean, the kids got to, uh, really, we, I think we lived in every corner of the United States. Um, the kids, uh, lived overseas, uh, for, uh, a couple times. And, um, so, there's a positive aspect to that to where they really got to see a lot of different cultures, a lot of different, um, perspectives and, mm-hmm. and points of view. And, and even, even if it's just regionally in the United States, yeah. um, there's a, you know, they, they really got uh, an exposure to just kind of, um, you know, some of the different, uh, areas and cultural cons, you know, things that you find not only in the world, but in our own country. And then, um, but i think it's also it's tough especially when i noticed when the kids got older where um being uprooted from a school they loved or from friends it, it got a lot harder and i ended up uh as my kids got older i made some career sacrifices to just keep them in place uh so the last like the last 6 years when they were in high school and middle school and high school i kind of um you know tried to stabilize them and we ended up staying in the dc area for for 6 years huh. um and you know, and it, it, it probably took a little bit of a toll on my career, but I figured at that point I owed it to my family, um, and I, I owed it to them to, uh, you know, to to give them some of that stability for those final years they were in high school.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and when you did, like when you were deployed and you came back, you know, how how long would you be home for? What was that transition like? And you know, how did you, not in a sense make it up, but how did you overcome? and and work to rebuild maybe some of the things that were missing from the previous deployment?
2: Yeah, I think, um, so sometimes, you know, the, I think during, during the height of the, of the wars. So kind of like the mid two thousands, uh, there was times where I I was only home for four or five months and then I was back overseas. Um, and, and it could, sometimes it was like, you know, six months, six months overseas, six months back. Um, and, and so that, you know, that, that got to be a little bit, uh, it got to be a lot during those times. Um, I think probably, you know, and this, this is the, the thing that really you have to remember is that, you know, when you're gone, your family is, you know, they're, they're, they're adjusting and they're, um, dealing with you not being there. So your wife takes over, uh, the role of being both, you know, kind of, uh, mom and dad, Hmm. um, and, and I think there's times where you know your spouse is gonna she's put in a in a predicament where she you know she can't do everything but she has to try right and um so the the one thing I always remembered when I came back home was that you know just remember that my wife was doing the best she could, and if there were things that you know if, if I walked in the door. And the first thing I said was, why are you doing it this way? Or, you know, what, what, you know, why is the grass not mowed or, you know, uh, you know, tr- try, you know, thinking that I can just pick up where I left off right. six months prior or a year prior that you really can't do that. And so it's almost like I, I went through this routine of when I would come back from a deployment, I, I would almost act like a, like a guest in the house. Hmm. And I would, you know, the first couple of weeks I would just kind of, uh, you know get to know the family again and not uh not judge or not you know look at okay why was my wife doing something this way or why was the routines messed up or you know stuff like that I, I remember one year my wife told me that uh my kids wanted to open christmas presents like three days before christmas and i wasn't home so she she just said you know whatever i don't care we don't have to wait till christmas i'm tired of <laughs> of the kids you know <laughs> um wanting to open christmas presents so you know and, and uh so, there's just certain things that you know I, I had to realize when when I come back that okay, I need to e- you know kind of ease back into this. Uh, don't just walk in the door and you know take over that authoritarian domineering role of, hey, I'm back now and we're changing everything and we're going the way I want to do things. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that goes for the marriage as well. you know you're you're gone away from your wife for a considerable amount of time. Um, you know, you can. there can be a lot of expectations with intimacy and things like that. And you have mm. to realize that, you know, it's almost like dating again, you have to go back to, uh, you know, kind of courting your wife and dating your wife and, huh. uh, you know, setting up, let's take her out on dates and stuff and, and uh, you know, uh, getting that relationship, you know, back to a level of familiarity because you've been gone so long.
1: Yeah. You know, when you, we talk about this idea of being a spiritual leader in your home, you know, kind of layer that in as well with, Deployment being home, you know how did how did you find that working itself out uh, over the last twenty years? Yeah, I think that you know, um, I, I looked at it as it was tough, and
2: there was probably times there's there was opportunities I missed, um, and I always tried to. So I think it made me more intentional. Um, and i had to realize that when i was home i know i think i said it in the, in the previous time we talked but just treasuring every moment with mm-hmm. the with the family and with the kids um and really you know the time i was there really making it count and really making it uh you know making sure that i was really you know whether it was in my um you know whether it was with you know setting the example with with work or school or marriage or my spiritual life or whatever it is, making sure I'm very intentional and, um, you know, uh, connecting with the kids, connecting with my wife and, and setting that example of being a spiritual leader. You know, I think in, in my, you know, the biggest thing I, when, when I think of being a spiritual leader, I just think of not being, not kind of just being passive and, um, you know, kind of letting things happen. And, but I also don't think it's this. You know, I don't go to the other extreme. It's not this authoritarian kind of chauvinistic leader uh-huh. either. It's 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 more of a servant leader. Um, and that that servant leader aspect, I think we see that in in Christ, where, you know, I'm I'm putting God, I'm putting my wife, I'm putting my family ahead of my own personal wants and needs sometimes. Um, um, and I think that uh, I, I try to go into everything with that is thinking about what's one, what's best for God, uh, and what does God want us in this, in this season or this time? And then, you know, being, uh, um, a husband to my wife and, and then being there for my family uh, above all things. Um, and that's kind of where I tried to, uh, spend a
1: majority of my time was just focusing on that. Yeah. So one other question too, just around, you know, military and, and being deployed and being there, um, you know, what's, What's it like, just spiritually? You know, what did you find with others around you? You know, what what degree of influence are do you have? Are you allowed to have? You know how how does that work inside the military, for instance?
2: Yeah, so um, a lot of people probably wouldn't. They they don't know this, but the military um, there's a lot of rules around uh, your faith within the mm-hmm. military. Um, we've the military is, is very much um it's gone a lot more politically correct and secular than probably you know mainstream uh united states has so um like there's certain rules around like you're not allowed to uh sometimes not even allowed to talk about your faith you're certainly when you're overseas not allowed to um engage in any type of evangelism at all right um but i think you know there's ways around that there's ways to evangelize through, you know, less through your words and more through your actions and deeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's ways, you know, there's ways you can do that. I, I've been, you know, one of the things I've prayed about, uh, I've spent a lot of time around the, the Muslim culture and the Muslim faith. And I really, I've, I've found ways to build bridges with them and to share my faith with them. And I've, I've actually had some really great conversations with some very, uh, you know, strong, strong Muslims around the differences in our faith and the similarities in our faith and, mm-hmm. and, you know, different, what, what we believe and what we don't believe. And it's, it's funny when you go overseas, they always tell you, and we even talk about this in, in America, you know, you don't talk about re- religion and politics. <laughs> right. Um, but, but most foreigners that's the first thing they want to talk about is religion <laughs> and politics. So really? it's, it's kind of hard. Yeah. It's kind of hard to dodge the question sometimes. So, um, I think there's ways you can be intentional, you know, attentional about that, and and I definitely I think like you know there's a lot of spiritual warfare, huh. um, especially when you when you find yourself, you know, whether it's in a combat zone or you're in some place like, you know, uh, sub-Saharan Africa where maybe you know there's there's uh, you know, um, terrorist organizations like Boko Haram right going around and just you know attacking and killing Christians and it can really you can, it can cause you to question your faith. It can cause you to question humanity and why is there so much, um, you know, death and, and, and atrocities and just and, and awful things. Uh, but it goes back to, you know, that that's, that's our world, that's sin. And that's why yeah. we need a savior. Um, and we just, you have to remember that. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's sometimes hard because you, you can see, uh, atrocities and things that happen to people and you can, You know, I've seen some people just say, there there, there can't be a God that would allow this to happen. Um, but I think, you know, the uh, other people will say, well, no, this is exactly what God, you know, this is what we talk about. And this is why we need a savior. Uh, this is sin in the world. This is evil. This is why our world is a fallen place. Um, and, and, and why we need, you know, uh, the, the mercy and the grace of our God. Yeah. Um, I would also say that, I mean, there is, it's, there are pockets of, you know, Christians that's obviously serve in the military and there's, you can really develop a close bond with them in a, in a, in a war zone. And you, you know, you look at movies like Band of Brothers and things like that. And you can, uh, for those of you that have never served, you can, you can kind of get that understanding. It is like you become, you know, brothers and sisters and you're put into some very traumatic and stressful life, you know, uh, life threatening situations. And you, you tend to bond in those types of experiences. And, um, if you can bond and if you can also find, you know, Christian brothers and sisters to, uh, to worship to with and to pray with and to, uh, you know, do Bible study with, um, you're going to grow in Christ. And I had on a couple of my deployments, you know, God blessed me with um, you know, some really good, strong brothers and sisters in Christ that I was able to, to walk through that deployment, um, you know, just, uh, you know, helping each other and getting into the word. And, you know, I remember one deployment, we had the, the, the Christian chaplain would come in every night and we'd sit down and have kind of an impromptu little uh, Bible study and prayer. And um, so I think there are, there are times, you know, even though you're in those horrible situations, um you can really get get stronger in your faith and, and grow closer to god
1: how is that too like did did you find in that group of people that you know there were there were People in the group that were, say, subordinates, for instance, that you know might actually be reporting to you, or was it, you know, more more other people in your similar rank? How how did that work?
2: Yeah, so that the specific uh, deployment I was talking about, I was actually in charge, and everybody was my subordinate. Oh, okay. Um, how did that work and, out for you? And just I think in the
1: way of like you know honesty and transparency and you know vulnerability, or was it you know more just we're we're doing a Bible study? Wasn't. Hey, life's hard right now. We need Jesus. You know, I miss my wife, no, that I mean, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, no, I think it really did. I mean, we were, you know, I'm, I'm always, and, and if you, if you listen to the podcast, you know, you know, I'm a, uh, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm going <laughs> to tell you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cut any corners. I'm going to be honest and transparent and yeah. authentic. And I was that way, you know, I, I was that yeah. way with, even though I had subordinates in the room, I was honest. And I think honestly, um, for to see a lead, somebody who's a leader, when you see them being vulnerable, when you see them being transparent and authentic and honest, i I really think one they you can get they get more you know you you can gain some more respect there because they see uh-huh. that you're a real person. Um, and that you're also going through struggles. and you're also, you know you're you're dealing with uh, not only individual stress but stress of being, you know in charge. Um, and, and having to have the responsibility uh, in that role of being a leader and mm-hmm. and all that entails. And, um you know, I think in, in all those situations, it, it was more of a, you know, the subordinate seeing me being authentic in my yeah. walk with Christ and in my relationship with God. Um, I think that a lot of times it earns more respect. And I saw that, you know, the same thing when, uh, when I was working with uh, a lot of different Muslims, I wouldn't shy. You know, if they asked me about my faith, I wasn't going to shy away. Yeah. Um, and avoid it. And I had a number of different Muslims who actually, you know, they respected me more because of my Christian faith.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, because they, they, I think, they, in in their mind, they would rather at least you have faith in in God and you're you're a strong you know you're a strong uh, person of of religious conviction versus somebody who maybe has none at all. Yeah. Um. So. I definitely I saw that as a it was definitely an asset um not only in my
1: in my relationships but also in my role as a leader. Yeah, wow, that's good. Well, was there any any particular story maybe that stands out of conversation with with uh, someone of Muslim background?
2: Yeah, I mean uh I I've, I've got a testimony I I probably shouldn't tell it on here I might get in trouble but oh. <laughs> uh um but then, no, there was one guy. Uh, he was a uh, a Muslim I was working with, and he was a very uh, he was a devout Muslim. Um, and I remember, you know, we would just talk about, uh, you know, our faith and what we both believed in, and we actually talked about being husbands and fathers. And mm. um, he really, he was really, you know he he shared with me. He said, you know, I really want to see democracy work in my country. I really want to. i hope that someday my kids will have better life and better opportunities that that you know democracy could bring to our country um and you know so we we talked about that you know and we we even brought up the point that you know even though we believe in different faiths and we come from different countries and cultures and backgrounds there's a lot of similarities as men and as husbands and fathers in just you know We, I mean, we all want, you know, what's best for our kids and we all want to see our kids, um, you know, uh, not have to go through the struggles we went through in life and things like that. So I think, um, in a lot of ways it it was able to build bridges to, um, you know, somebody that maybe you normally wouldn't see any similarities to, and that was all brought about by just, you know, faith and, and being husband and father and being open and honest and talking about those things. Uh Um, you know, really, really led to that, that bond between us. And, you know, I remember when I left, I I did some things. Um, I helped this guy's family out. I helped, uh, I helped his brother get medical help, Uh um, when I was there. And, uh, you know, I remember when he, he, he got tears in his eyes and when I left and he said, you know, he's like, you're my brother. You'll always be my brother. I want you Uh to know that that, that until the day you die, we're brothers now. Wow. Um, and, and, and it was on, it was heartfelt. It was honest that, uh, he really felt that way. Like, uh, like, you know, we were, we were brothers, you know, even though we believed in different, you know, beliefs and gods and all that, it's, it's like, we still shared that brotherhood, huh. um, together. So it, it was, it was pretty awesome to see God work and build those bridges. Yeah. That's really cool.
1: How can we better support and, and it, love those that are in the military that are fighting for our freedoms?
2: You know, I I think it's, um, you know, I think what it is, is is we really, we do appreciate, I mean, we we all, I think we we sign up an oath to serve our country. And, you know, I don't want to, there's different reasons people do it. Um, You know, my personal reason is I just felt this kind of like an altruistic calling that, uh, to to give back to um, the freedoms that we have. And I, I've certainly seen in my travels around the world. Um, I know we have a lot of problems in our country, and we have a lot of division over, you know, uh, politics and all sorts of other things. But when you compare, you know, the United States to other countries, we really are. Um, we we have, you know, as far as whether you look at equality, or you look at uh, human rights, or you look at, um, uh, you know, freedoms of, of speech or freedoms of religion, all these different things um we are we are literally light years ahead of a lot of nations on that and mm. I think we really need to be thankful for that uh There are a lot of countries where you know like I was talking about to to profess as a Christian is almost like a death sentence
1: yeah
2: um and I think some- sometimes as Christians we forget that that there are still countries where if you profess the name of Jesus Christ, you know you could bring literally death to your family yeah. um and and I think it's You know that uh, there's that aspect of i I chose that freely i i i know i volunteered to do it and one it's an honor i think it's an honor um you know not there's obviously everybody's not called out to do that but um you know i i I certainly appreciate it when people say thank you for your service but it's almost like i i almost want to say like hey it's my pleasure um because it is it it is it's 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 a pleasure to be able to to serve in that capacity um I think not, you know, not so much just for military, but even, um, just no matter where you're at as dads in general, uh, I'll just add a couple of things that, that I really believe in. And, um, I think number one, um, is just surrender every single day, um, mm-hmm. every single morning, you know, get on your knees and just surrender that day to God. God just use this day, uh, for me as a man, as a husband, as a father, in my career and, and, whoever you bring in my path, you know, just God used me today. Um, it, it, takes that just getting on our knees every single day. I think that's, that's a key. Um, you know, get, getting into God's word is, is important. Um, uh, prayer. Uh, I, that's, you know, the one secret to, to getting through parenthood is, is honestly get on your, get on your knees every day and pray. Um, I, that's probably the, the number one advice I would give, you know, give guys, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I I really think you know God it, praying will, it will get us through a lot. Um, the other things I would say too, and and this gets more into you know some of the stuff we talk about legacy dads, but um, I think we we really as as husbands and fathers we have to be strategic and intentional. Um, it's you know I think a lot of times and this is how I started off. I was thinking, well, I'm just going to wing it, or hmm. I'm just a lot of times we'll default to. You know, this is how I was raised or this is what I think is probably the best way to raise my kids. Um, But I think we really we, we need to think long term. And I always tell people, you know, where do you when your kids leave your house someday, whether they're going to college or the military or vocational, you know, whatever it is, where do you where do you want your kids to be the day that they leave your house? And then start planning backwards and thinking, okay, starting today, how do I get from where we're at right now to that point and what are some things I want to impart to them? What are some, some wisdom or some, you know, biblical truths or, you know, what's my main priorities that I want to in, impart to my children? Um, and I, that, that really takes, you're not going to do that by just winging it. You have to yeah. kind of be, you know, strategic and intentional about that. Yeah. And then, you know, we talked about this too before Aaron, but just you know, setting the example every single day, um, taking every single day to just strive and to be more Christ-like and to, to have your kids and to see that as it it really does. I believe it honestly shapes, um, you know, their, their view of the faith. And when they see you, um, on your knees in prayer, when they see you struggling, when you, I know I'm, I'm one of those big believers where, I don't hide a lot of things from my kids mm-hmm. and we're, we were honest with our kids. If we were struggling with finances, if we were struggling with a life decision, you know, we would talk about it and we would say, let's, let's pray. Let's, can, we, can everybody please pray, you know, that God gives us, you know, um, you know, God gives us a, a sign or an answer or some discernment in this area. Yeah. Um, and i I think when your kids, they, they see that as real, it's not just, okay, mom and dad go to, we go to church on Sunday and then, you know, Monday through Saturday, we do our own thing when they see the faith lived out and modeled, um, it it becomes much more real to them. Um, and I've certainly seen that in the lives of my kids where, you know, we'll say like if they're struggling with, with homework or they're struggling with a fear or anxiety or whatever it is, Hey, let's, let's take this to God. Let's pray about this. Um, you know, let's see what God can do in this, in this situation, um, and I think that's that's really it's 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 walking the walk. that That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. and and I, I just can't stress that enough. And I think, like we said, I mean, there's there's tons of great resources out there. um i'm I'm so thankful that uh, for all the podcasts and the, just the resources men have today. but just remember that you know God's given us everything. We just got to get into His word mm-hmm. and we gotta, you know discern. and and like you said, you know each of us are on different paths or' on different uh we have different family dynamics we have different kids we have um you know different life situations and there's no kind of one size fits all formula for that and so what what i believe is you kind of take this overarching biblical philosophy and then you can just you can lay that on top of any family situation um and god's going to get you through that um and i think that's kind of that's that's a key thing is just you know, uh, fall back on, on biblical principles, fall back on the plan that God has given us. And that's going to get us through, uh, to that day when our kids finally end up leaving the house.
1: Yeah. Amen. And that, that is, that's so good. Well, Lance, one, just thanks for taking the time with us. And, and honestly, thank you so much just for your vulnerability and transparency and, and honestly, just sharing some of your experience with being in the military. This is Uh, I know it's, it'll be really helpful and enlightening for our listeners and, uh, just thank you so much. Just want to honor you.
2: I appreciate it. And I'll add one more thing. And this is something, um, I know if you're, if you're a member of the military, you're listening out there, there is a lot of people who are dealing with, uh, post-traumatic stress and issues, uh, issues surrounding, you know, um, combat. And I will tell you that, you know, I grew up in a generation where, you know, we didn't talk about it, and you know, we kind of you push those things aside, and you you accomplish the mission. And uh, I will tell you that there, if you are hurting, if you have emotional scars, um, if you're going to you know drugs or alcohol or anything else to to deal with that pain, that that you need to reach out and get help. Um, there is no absolutely no shame in going and getting help, and I'll I'll be the first to admit that uh, I've got issues with post-traumatic stress. I'm Uh, I'm seeing counseling, I'm I'm counseling for that. And I'm dealing with those wounds as well. And uh, I know there's a a good, there's a large number of people, uh, warriors and and people that have uh, done amazing things that, um, you know, are we we can humble ourselves enough and and reach out and ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage you guys and and girls listening, if you are struggling, um, go get help. Don't don't wait till you hit a crisis moment or you hit that point or you, you know you, you end up where your you, your marriage is in a bad place or you're um, you know in a place where you could hurt your kids or hurt yourself or hurt others. Um, just reach out and get help. I, I can only encourage people enough there's there, it, that takes more courage than you know ignoring the issue hmm. so I just
1: I would just encourage listeners to that, that yeah. do that. Amen. Amen. So, Lance, two things before we wrap up. Uh, one, um, how can our listeners connect with you and uh, what's going on with Legacy Dads?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can reach us. Uh, we're at legacydads.org. We also have our podcast on uh, iTunes and Spotify and all the other uh, podcasting channels as well. You can reach out to us on there. Um, also, we, we're on uh, social media on Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you want to uh, find us on there, uh, like our Facebook group, we're pretty active. I'm pretty active on uh, Instagram as well. I think that's that's how Aaron got a hold of me too. So, um, you know, reach out on Instagram, shoot me a, a message or whatever, and I'll, I'll definitely try to respond um, if I'm around and I'm in the country. And, you know, I would just say to all of our, you know, to the listeners of Dad in the Trenches, to listeners of Legacy Dads, um, when we hear your stories and we hear, you know, hey, this podcast really, uh, you know, reached me or this podcast really – uh, opened up some ideas or, Hey, I was, I was struggling with that exact thing you talked about. Um, you know, I think it, it speaks volumes into, uh, you know, what we're trying to do and we really appreciate that feedback. And there's been, you know, a number of different guys that have reached out and just, uh, um, you know, said, Hey, thanks for that podcast or, you know, I'm struggling with that exact thing you, you were talking about Mm and God just used, used you to speak to me during that time. And, Mm -hmm. um, so we really appreciate that. And I would yeah. say, you know, to all the debt trenches listeners, um, if, if something you hear, uh, on here is helpful to you, you know, reach out and let Aaron know and, connect yeah. with him because, uh, I, I think that's exactly what we're talking about. It's just, you know, working together as brothers in Christ to, uh, to advance his kingdom and his work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any future deployments? Any, uh, anything that, you know, before you retire, you know, is in the hopper, any other travels? Well, Yeah, so I'm
2: uh, the one of the things I'm working on right now. I'm I'm back and forth to Africa uh, every few months. Um, It's it's not I wouldn't call it a deployment. It's not uh, uh, you know I'm 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 living in a hotel, so I can't complain. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) so it's it's uh, it's pretty good living. So no, but I'm I'm back and forth on the on the African continent. Uh, So but you know I'm I'm still you know we're not I'm not in a black hole. We still have internet and. and, Truth be told, they have, you know, you got cell service in Africa and and Internet. So, um, you know, people could still reach out to me while I'm over there. But, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm working in uh, I'm working on the African continent over the next year. Um, And then we'll see. I don't know. I I always say, Aaron, and I got it. God, I I thought I was done. And then, you know, God, God brought Africa on the table in this last few months. So um, I just I just obedient. And when
1: he puts things in front of me, I say, okay, God, if this is where you want me to go, then that's where I go. So, yeah, that's great. uh, uh, before we wrap up, so would would you take a minute and and pray for our listeners and any military members, and then I would also like to just pray for you as well.
2: Absolutely, uh, Heavenly Father, we just we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for all the listeners out there, God, and I would just um, to all of our uh, you know people that are serving in the military or uh, even you know in law enforcement or first responders, EMTs, all those things. God, we just pray for uh, all those people. Uh, there's times where they experience uh, trauma and adversity, and uh, sometimes question the line of work that we've we've entered into, God. But we know that you have uh, you have a plan, God, and you placed us where we're at for a specific reason. And we just ask for your strength, God, um, to to walk and to get up every day and to do the the duty that you've called us to do, God. And I would just um, ask God that if there's anybody out there who is struggling uh, with mental health issues, um, to, that they just, uh, one, reach out to you, God and cry out to you for help. And then also to reach out and just get some, uh, professional help or to to get in a group of, of men and women that can help them. God, I would just ask that they, um, they, you know, act boldly to get that help and to get the healing that they need. God.
1: Um, I just ask these things in your name. Mm -hmm. And I thank you father just for Lance. And I thank you, uh, for, the response, um, him heeding the calling to service you put on him. Uh, thank you indeed for his service, and I thank you um, all that you've done through Legacy Dads and and him just responding in obedience. Um, the things that both he and and Dante are are able to do, and um, I just pray God for his travels and for safety as he goes to and from, and the influence that you've given him. God would he continue to be a light um and be um, a light to those that he 's around and that he leads so um, thank you for putting him in that position of influence and also um, I thank you God for the ways that you've drawn him to yourself and continue to to work through him keep him safe, bless him and his family in Jesus name amen, amen.
0: Lance, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.